What is up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. So today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how to safeguard from the spirit of deception. And, you know, I mentioned this on my last podcast that one of the main things that is going to mark you know, the final hour before Jesus returns is that it says that there will be many who are deceived and fall away. And, um, you know, I was just like thinking about that and, and thinking about, you know, the ways that we as believers can safeguard ourselves from being sucked into a spirit of deception. And I'm going to talk about three things specifically. One of them I mentioned on the last podcast, um, which is the first one I want to talk about, which is integrity. And so I was just thinking, I've been thinking a lot about this word, integrity. Just the Holy Spirit has been stirring that word in me. And you know, what, what is integrity? Integrity is when you're a person that you're like, you're one way all the time, that you're a consistent person, that you're not one way in church and then another way when you're not in church. It's, you're not one way when you're around your Christian friends and then you act another way when you're around your worldly friends. Being a person of integrity is being someone that's undivided, someone that is consistent, someone that is the same regardless of who they're with or whether they're alone, whether they're with this group of people or that group of people, that they are the same, that, that they're there are things, you know, there are principles that you live by that you don't compromise on. That's what it means to be a person of integrity. You know, integrity is not just agreeing with the word that you hear in church. And then when you're at home, you keep doing things the way, the same way that you've always done them. You know, so being a person of integrity is being a doer of the word is being a doer of the word of God, that, that you're not just a hearer only, but that the word of God is something that you live by, even when you're by yourself, even when you're around people that are not Christians, even when you're at your workplace, that the word of God is not just something that you have, you've meant, you mentally agree with when you hear it taught in church, but it's something that you live by. You're the, the you know, day in and day out, you live the, the word of God that it's real to you, that it's more than just something that you, you know, oh yeah, like I believe that you say you believe it, but, but when it comes down to it, you know, you don't implement it in your life. And so I want to read this scripture to back up what I'm saying here. And I always go back to this scripture because it's very real to me because, and you'll notice that you can see this happen so much with people. It says in uh, James 1, James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And so obviously there's different types of deception. There's deception that can come by, you know, a false teacher or a false prophet, someone else deceiving you. But there's also what James is talking about here is you literally can actually deceive yourself by being a hearer of the word and not a doer. And so if you think about that, and it's not about works, what this is talking about is people that because you hear the word, but you don't uh, believe it enough to implement it in your life, you think you start to think in your heart that God's word doesn't really work. And so you become deceived. And it's in an example, sometimes it's easier to understand with an example. For instance, someone may hear a teaching about the power of communion, that when you take the, the bread of the Lord's body and you drink his blood, that it brings healing to your body. And you may hear a whole two-hour sermon on the power of communion. But some people 
The next time they get sick, they just pop five Advil and they totally forget about communion. And I'm not saying you can't take Advil. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that you're a hearer of the word and you think, hallelujah, praise God, communion, the body, the blood. But, but if you're not a doer of the word, then you have symptoms in your body and you just turn to the doctor immediately. You turn to medicine immediately. Then you begin to think in your heart. You deceive yourself because instead of partaking of the healing power and which actually strengthens your faith. And then, you know, if you were to take communion and receive your healing, then it strengthens your faith. It, it actually strengthens you in the truth of God's word because you're not only hearing it, but you're, you're believing it. You're taking it to heart. You're, you're opening up your mouth and declaring that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed and, and you're taking it and you're being a, a doer of the word and, and it strengthens your faith. But if you, if you don't really do the word, if you don't really believe it, you become deceived because you hear all this stuff about Jesus, but because your life doesn't line up, you become deceived and you think that the word of God doesn't really work. And that's why it says in second Timothy, I think it's chapter four, it says that in these days, people will have itching ears. They want to hear what they want to hear because they think that, oh, I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to use my faith, whatever. They have itching ears for things that they want to hear, things that they want to hear. And that is by doing that, they become deceived. Itching ears. They want to hear what they want to hear. They don't want to hear about this. They want to hear what makes them feel comfortable in doing what they're already doing. And, and by that, they become deceived. They become deceived. And that's why Jesus said in Mark 7, in Mark 7, he told the religious people, you make the word of God of no effect because of your vain traditions. What does that mean? That means that because you just keep doing what you've always done, you make the word of God of no effect because you hear the word, but you don't do the word. So the word actually has no effect in your life. And therefore you become deceived because you think the word doesn't work, but really it's because you got to work the word. The word works, but you got to work it. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, and really thinking about too, what a big part, and I'm not saying this is the only part of being a doer of the word, but a major part of being a doer of the word, it's not about like human effort and like, I got to just work myself up. A big part of being a doer of the word is speaking the word because what, and I want you to think about this. What does God consider work? It says that when God created the, the, the earth in six days and on the seventh day, it says in Genesis that he rested from the work that he did. And so what did God do? God spoke. So God spent six days speaking faith, speaking the word of God. He spent six days speaking. He didn't actually do anything. But he was declaring, he was speaking in faith. He was calling the things that are not as though they were. And then it says on the day, on day seven, that he rested from the work that he did. So a big part of being a doer of the word is that when you hear the word, that, that you don't just walk out of church the next day and speak the opposite, that you continue to put that word in your mouth. You continue to speak faith that when the world is in fear, you know, the economy is going to crash. We're all going to, we're all going to be broke. We're going to run out of food that you don't say things like that. Do you say the Lord is my shepherd? I will never lack. God is providing all my needs according to his riches and glory that you begin to, you begin to say what God says. And that, that's really being a doer of the word that you didn't just hear it and and mentally assent to it, but you actually take that word and you do it. You speak it into existence in your life. And that's why it says further on in James one, 
James 1, it says, if a person thinks of himself to be religious, but doesn't bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart. And this person's religious service is worthless. So James literally says, if you think you're religious, but you can't control your tongue, if you can't line up your tongue with with the word that you've heard, says that you actually deceive yourself. And so that's not good. We don't want to be deceived. So, so, and that's what I was saying on the last podcast, being a person of integrity is that, that, you know, you, you are one way all the time that even like, it's not just like, oh, around your church friends, you say you believe in this, that, and whatever. But when you're by yourself, that you actually treasure the word of God, that you speak the word of God, that, that, that it's important to you that before you turn to man for help, before you turn to medicine for help, before you turn to whatever for help, a counselor, a therapist, that firstly, you turn to God and you turn to his word. That's being a person of integrity because anybody can get up in a pulpit and say, oh, God is all powerful. God can do all things. But then behind closed doors, you don't, you don't really believe it because before turning to God, you turn to everything else before you turn to God in prayer. And I'm not saying you can't take medicine. I'm not saying you can't get advice from people. What I'm saying is putting God first. What I'm saying is being a person of integrity that, that you actually do the things that you say you believe. That you're, you're not a hearer only, but a doer of the word. That you're, you're, you're consistent. No matter who you're around, you're speaking the word of God. No matter if you're alone, no matter if you're in church, that you're praising God, that you're giving glory to him and that you are, you are, you're not double-minded because the Bible says the double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. So being a person of integrity, that's the first thing. Safeguarding from a spirit of deception. Number one, being a person of integrity. Number two is, uh, staying in love. And this is super, super important to so staying in love because, uh, the Bible says that in these, in the last days, that the love of many will grow cold. So it's very important as believers that we keep uh, the love of God burning in our hearts. And so I want to read this scripture. And this kind of goes with what the, the last thing I just said. First John 2, 5 says, whoever keeps the word of God, truly the love of God is perfected in him. So that's verse five. Let me jump up to verse four. So before that, it says, First John 2, 4, it says, he who says, I know God and does not keep his commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this, we know that we're in him. So he's saying that those who keep the word, those who don't just say, oh yeah, I know God, but they don't care about his word. They don't, they're not doers of the word. It says that those people are liars hooked in with a spirit of deception. They are, they're deceived. And then if you jump down in verse nine, this, this is, and this is what I wanted to get to. Verse nine, it says, he who says that he's in the light and hates his brother is actually in the darkness until now. But he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. And verse 11, it says, But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So a person that's that's walking in hatred towards his brother, the Bible says that there is a darkness that has come upon you that has blinded your eyes. 
That's talking about deception, that you literally become deceived when you, when you let your love towards your brothers and sisters in Christ grow cold and you harbor hatred in your heart for somebody, whether it's due to an offense, whether it's due to, you know, and maybe that person did do something wrong to you. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe things, things have gone wrong or whatever the cause may be. And you're harboring, you know, unforgiveness and bitterness. And really when, when your love for people grows cold, it says that you are walking in darkness and you can't see where you are going. And that is a very scary thought. I don't know about you, but in the days that we're living in, I want to be able to see clearly where I'm going. I want to be able to see clearly the path that God has for me. And so we don't want to be walking in darkness. And so that's why I'm it's so important to, to keep your love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Forgive people. Unforgiveness is like a poison. You, you, know, you have to get rid of unforgiveness and you have to make a decision to forgive people. Forgive people. Let people off the hook as God, as God has forgiven us. And, you know, I'm reading this book by Kenneth Hagin right now called The Triumphant Church. And he actually talks about this and he says how you know when you're born again it says that the love of god is shed abroad in your heart or in your spirit right but then it also talks about in colossians put on put on the love of god put on love and so you think about it because the love of god has not been shed abroad in your flesh the love of god was shed abroad in your spirit and in your heart and you have to make a decision to you know, things start in your spirit, but it's up to us to renew our mind and then to get our body into subjection to our spirit because you still have a flesh and in your flesh, your flesh is at war with the spirit. And so you have to put the love of God on your flesh. You have to get your flesh into subjection to your spirit that when everything in your flesh wants to be angry and wants to hate this person and be offended, you, you command your flesh to come into subjection to your spirit where the love of God has been shed abroad and you make a decision. I'm going to walk in love towards my brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, it's not really something that you can you obviously you make that decision and the Holy Spirit helps you. But understand that it's walking in love is not really something you can just conjure up by self-will. I've found in my own life the, the when my love is, is at its highest is, is the times that I'm spending the most time in prayer. Because when you're, when you're a person that prays and spends time with God, you become like those who you spend time with. So if you're spending time in prayer, quality time in the secret place with the Holy Ghost, he is the love of God. It is impossible to not walk in love when you spend time with the Holy Ghost. When you spend time with God in prayer, when you make that, that, that precious time, that intimate time with the Lord, when that's your priority, let me just tell you, it's very easy to walk in love because, because you're spending time with love himself. God is love. So the more you spend time with God, the easier it is to walk in love towards those around you. And because really when you're spending time with God, it's heightening the strength of your spirit and it's bringing your flesh into subjection to your spirit. The more you pray, the more you, you focus on the things of God and renew your mind. And that's why, uh, you know, Kenneth Hagin said in that book I'm reading, and I love that he said this, and this relates with what I'm saying. He said, your greatest defense against Satan is to get your flesh under subjection to your spirit 
and to get your mind renewed because everybody wants to blame everything on the devil. The devil has deceived me. No, you just need to get your flesh into subjection (laughs) because you know, because your spirit, like I said, the love of God is shed abroad in your spirit. Your spirit is in the truth, is in the light. You, really, the problem is we don't need to blame the devil so much. We need to be doers of the word. We need to get our flesh into subjection to the spirit. We need to put on the love of God. We need to make a decision to walk in light, to walk in love, to not harbor hatred and unforgiveness in our hearts. So really, it's much easier. And, and I love what Kenneth Hagin was saying in that book. He said, because it's so easy for people to blame the devil for why they're deceived or why things are going wrong in their life when really, really, people just need to renew their mind and get their flesh under subjection to their spirit. So, so anyways, so that's that one. So the first one, walking in integrity, being a doer of the word. The second one, walking in love, not being in hatred because hatred puts you in darkness. And so this is the last one. Uh, uh, safeguarding yourself from a spirit of deception. Number three, Stay in the anointing and understand that First uh, John 2.20, you have an anointing from the Holy One. So obviously the days that we're living in, the Antichrist spirit is, uh, you know, more prevalent than ever. The Antichrist, you know, it says in First John 2.18, says that, you know, the Antichrist is coming, but even now many Antichrists, small a, have come, by which you know it's the last hour of time. And so Antichrist, what does that mean? Christ is not Jesus's last name. Christ means the anointed one, the anointed one. So Antichrist is anti the anointing, against the anointing. So safeguarding from a spirit of deception, the spirit of the Antichrist is making a decision to be a Christian that's hooked in with the anointing. Oh gosh, this is so important. That's why it's important to go to a church that has the anointing, that has the presence of God. Because it's very dangerous to live in this hour apart from the anointing. And so I want to read this scripture. Um, it says, in, uh, I think, okay, so at the end of 1 John 2, 20, it says, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and it says, you know all things. So in the anointing is everything you need, all knowledge of all, all truth. Why? Because the anointing or the presence and power of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And so when you have the spirit of truth, you know all things. And then in 1 John 2, 26, He says, these things I've written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. So he's telling us this because he doesn't want us to be deceived. In verse 27, it says, the anointing or the unction which you have received from him abides permanently in you. So this is a great encouragement. We don't have to be deceived in this hour because the anointing that God has given us permanently abides with us. It's not just on you on a Sunday morning when you're in church. It doesn't come on you and then lift off when you're at work because you're doing something else. The anointing that God has given to the body of Christ permanently abides in you. You don't have to be afraid because the anointing will never leave you. That's why God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The anointing is God's, the presence of his spirit in and upon your life will never leave you. His anointing permanently abides in you. And then after that, it says, so you have no need that anyone should instruct you, but just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything that is true and no falsehood, 
You must abide in him just as he has taught you. And so understand that the anointing is what will guide you into all truth. And it says that, you know, you, you have no need that anyone should instruct you. What does that mean? Does that mean, oh, we don't have to listen to our pastor. We don't have to listen to the evangelist. No, what that means is that when you have the anointing that you you know when a minister is talking, you can sense if the anointing is on what he's saying or not, that you'll know what's true and what's false. You'll be able to discern the difference between someone that's coming to deceive you and someone that's speaking the truth to you. Because, because when someone is speaking uh, under the Holy Spirit, then you'll feel the anointing will be on what they're saying. And that's why it's so important that we're familiar with the anointing and we abide in the anointing. Because, And that's why what I was saying is so important to get your flesh under subjection. Because if you're living in secret sin and you're not a doer of the word, you just do whatever you feel like doing, you have hatred in your heart, let me tell you, you're not going to be sensitive to the anointing. Not because you don't have the anointing necessarily, because every believer has an anointing from the Holy One. But the thing is that people's flesh, because they feed their flesh so much with, with hatred, bitterness, offense, they, they, they have secret sin in their life, they're not living according to the word, their flesh is so strong that they can't even sense the anointing. That's a very dangerous place to be. And so it's not that God took away the, his spirit from you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is living and abiding in that place where you're sensitive to the anointing because the anointing will teach you all things and guide you into all truth so that when someone tells you something, it'll hit your spirit. Like you'll feel like, yes, that's true. I know I resonate. My spirit resonates with that. That's the spirit of truth is on that. Or you'll hear someone say something and it will not click your spirit. Right. Like you'll just feel like, I don't feel the anointing on that. And you know, I was reading a Dr. Rodney Howard Brown book and he was talking about how uh, he was in a meeting one time and this guy was this minister was calling people out and giving them crazy word, word of knowledge, like telling them their name, their address, whatever, all this kind of stuff. And Dr. Rodney said like he, he was alarmed because he didn't feel the anointing on it. He didn't feel the presence of God on it. And so then the Holy Spirit spoke to him, familiar spirit, familiar spirit. So basically this minister was actually operating by a demon spirit. And he was right on the money, telling people their name, their address, all this kind of stuff. But because Dr. Rodney was saying, like, he knew the anointing is not on this. And so it's important to know, to, to know and be able to discern the anointing. And when you have the anointing, it will click in your spirit. It'll click in your spirit or it won't hit you right. And you'll know, you'll be able to discern those things. And obviously, another way to know, obviously, if you're in a meeting or something like that, what's the fruit of it? Because if there's no one being saved, if there's no one being delivered or healed, it's most likely not the Holy Ghost because the gifts and all those kind of things work in a redemptive context. The ultimate goal is for people to be healed, saved, delivered, set free. And so if it's just a show, you know, and anyways, that's, that's a side note, but, but being able to recognize the anointing and that you yourself living in a place where, where you are sensitive to the anointing. And a big part of that is like I was saying in the last podcast, not living in secret sin because that will numb your spiritual senses. But thank God and understand that 
no matter where you're at in your walk with God, even if you're still being sanctified, even a baby Christian, if you're genuine and you want to know the truth, if you want to, if you, if you are hungry for the things of God, the Holy Spirit will help you. And let me tell you, he will guide you into all truth. You pray and ask the Lord to show you the truth, to show you the right path, to show you what is right. He will show you. I can guarantee you that it doesn't matter where you're at in your walk with God. Maybe, you know, you, you've made mistakes in the past. You've had secret sin in the past. It doesn't matter because when you cry out to God, the Bible says that his mercy toward you is new every single morning. That he'll erase all your mistakes, all your shortcomings, and he'll, he'll catch you up to where you need to be. He'll show you the way forward. He will, he will guide you into all truth. And so, you know, I just wanted to encourage you with those three things. As you make a decision to be a person of integrity, to walk in love, and to be sensitive to the anointing and understand the anointing. I believe that you're going to, you're going to be safeguarded from that spirit of deception. And when you, when you're walking in the light and you're walking in the truth, there's a confidence and there's a boldness that comes on you that you're going to be confident in the day of Christ's return, because you know that you've been walking in the light. You've been walking in the truth of God's word. And so, and so I just encourage you with that and, and to walk in integrity, to walk in love and to walk in the anointing in Jesus name. Hey guys, this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.